welcome to Christ-Centered Identity. I'm so excited to share this message with you. Please share this with your friends. Get them excited about Jesus because it is all about Jesus. God bless you. Um, guys, this morning I want to talk to you about cancel culture. Like this, like we, we hear this term probably a little bit. Maybe have you guys heard that term, cancel culture? No? So, okay, well, I've heard of it quite a bit. And so I'm gonna, we're going to go, we're going to have a play on words. So, so what does it look like to have a cancel culture? It means this. It means if you don't agree with my point of view, I cancel you. <laughs> That's pretty common right now, isn't it? Like if you don't agree with what I think, whether we should or should not wear a mask or whether we should or should not do this or should not do that or should do this or should not. Everybody's doing a bunch of shooting around on each other and we should just like love each other. Amen? And actually be Christians. Because being a Christian is actually, it's, spelled, it's a four-letter word, and it's L-O-V-E. Love. Amen? 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 Amen. 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 Come on, guys. Give Jesus a hand clap and a hand praise. And make some noise. <laughs> Woo! No? All right. I'll, do, I'll, do, I'll be the one making noise. You guys have a seat. Have a seat. So cancel culture. So, like, we live in a, in a society where everybody's trying to cancel each other out and cancel your opinion versus my opinion. And you know what's crazy is all of your guys' little devices called your cell phones that have internet access and have the ability to have what they call an algorithm. Do you guys know what that is? Some of you guys know what that is? I'll explain it. So an algorithm is this, is what you Google or what you search on your phone or what you look at on your phone creates a, uh, a, a uh, kind of a... a a printout or a pr predictive nature. You guys heard like predictive text or, or you Google certain things and things pop up on as a prediction of what you're going to Google next. Well, that's, that's creating an algorithm. Like they're, they're trying to predict what you're going to do next or what your next uh, thing you're going to look at is, right? And so, so your phones create this thing. So what happens is when you Google a certain thing and in a line of thinking for a certain amount of, amount of time, what happens is your phone actually becomes more like uh, 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 curtailed or, or just specifically to your ideas, your thoughts, your understanding, your belief system. Like it's, it's, it's only you, like you, you Google it and it's like, you know, you, how many guys kind of Google similar things on, on almost every day? Like you pretty much have like a certain line of thinking, like, and you have a certain opinion. How many people have an opinion here? How many, how many guys have an opinion? How many have a lot of opinions? How many are full of opinions? Yeah, most of us are, right? And so, 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 like the goal here, the goal with the algorithms is that it it creates a prediction on what you're going to look up next, and it and it and it almost is is like um, I'm trying to think of the word here that it is it's like cut to your desire or your needs or your wants, right? Or your ideas, your thoughts, right? And so, what happens is is that in one, how many guys go to your phone for a lot of your information? School, you Google stuff for school on your phone, right? You Google, how many guys Google the answer when you're doing your schoolwork? Especially now that you're doing school at home and no teachers there to tell you not to. Be honest, don't have to, you're in church, you can't lie, right? You can't lie here, right? And so, so like, so some of us use our phones for information all day long. I mean, how many times do you guys get that screen um, time at the end of the week and it's like your phone's been screen time's up 6% and you're on your phone 15 hours a day. Seven percent, right? So each one of us has has this thing where our phone is, is watching us. It's 
it's, it's trying to predict what we're going to do next. And, and so what, what am I saying? I'm saying this, is that, is that if you look up certain things on your phone in a certain way, what's going to happen is, is you're going to believe things in a certain way. Now what happens is I have a phone too. And I look at things in a way I think they should be. And I have ideas of what I think is right. What I think is, is, is right compared to what you think is right. So now what happens is when you and I try to have a conversation, you have one idea, and I have a completely other idea. Why? Because I, my whole life is information. I'm right. I Googled it. <laughs> I'm right. I know, I know exactly. I've studied. I looked up. I went to like four different news sources, and they all told me what I know to be true, my opinion. Yeah, and so then when we have a conversation, now we actually cancel each other out because I don't want to hear what you're, you don't know what you're talking about, you have no idea, come on Gabe, you think you know it all, just get over yourself, I, I know, I've studied, you may have, you know, done your study, but it's not as good as mine, right, and so I just canceled Gabe out because Gabe doesn't know what he's talking about, right, so that's cancel culture, that's what, that's what kind of what it is right now in, in this day and this age. But I want to talk about a different type of cancel culture, right? And so we, as Christians, are supposed to be heavenly minded, living from a heavenly perspective, right? Understanding that we live a life as a believer in Jesus Christ, not from our own personal opinion, but we yield and submit our personal stuff over to Jesus and take on his opinions, right? The Bible says to love your enemies. What's your opinion? Get back at them. <laughs> Oh, I'll get my payback for you, right? You, you, you're right? How many guys like paybacks, revenge? Come on, let's be honest. Oh, you're going to put me out on social media like that? I'm going to get you back. Come on, that's not a lie. <laughs> right? Each one of us has this idea of, of what it looks like in a culture we live in. Um, but the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verses 2. Go ahead and flick the, the, the thing over there. Interesting. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says this. Stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. So, so don't be conformed to the opinions and the ideas of the culture around you. So what I, what I said earlier, we live from a heaven's perspective. We live from looking at life through a different lens. Right? So like Bible says you live by faith and not by what? Sight. Right? And so now, now I don't live by what I see. I live by what the word says and I live by faith. Saying that I see the natural situation, but I'm, I'm praying that heaven's culture comes down and invades that natural situation. So you may be at odds with a friend. You may be at odds with your parents. You may be at odds with, with certain situations. You may be facing something horrible. You may feel anxiety all the time. You may feel fear all the time. But, but you've got to understand that we as believers have a leg up on those that don't believe in Jesus. What do I mean? We have like this extra superpower. It's called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings the wisdom of God to your soul. So when you're facing something that's hard and rough and, and looks horrible, you don't lean on your own understanding and your own ways. You actually trust in Jesus. And when you trust in Jesus, the, you actually, when you trust and wait on Jesus, the Bible says you renew your strength. So instead of trying to fight your battles on your own, you actually let Jesus fight your battles for you. And what does that look like? Does that look like you just sitting in your room and doing nothing? No, it looks like this. Jesus, I'm facing this situation 
And I'm not going to budge until you tell me what to do. And as you lead me, I take steps along with you. I don't step ahead of Jesus. I don't step ahead of the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I, I yield to Holy Spirit and I allow the Holy Spirit to teach me, to show me, to guide me. Right? The Bible says that his, God's word is a what? A lamp unto our what? What are these? Feet. So what does that mean? It means this, that God's word illuminates our path. So I can't see, like I, I can see what I see in my natural eyes. The Bible says to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. So instead of walking in my own understanding, my own ability to make something happen, I have to yield my heart to Jesus. The highest level of Christianity is submission and yielding to the Holy Spirit. The highest level of Christianity is not a platform. It's not opportunity. It's not being able to sing on the biggest stages or preach to the largest crowds. It's actually how much can you submit and yield to Jesus? Because Christianity is saying, say, say, say uh, my life. Come on, say my life. It's not about me. I got to get over me and get into Jesus. It's the truth. Because the reason, the, the, the reason most people fall and fail and walk in sin is because of selfishness. I want, I need, my, my life. This is my life. Don't tell me what to do. I think Jesus paid for it with his. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. How many of you have told your parents that? Probably won't want to do that again after you said the first time. <laughs> right? But if I said to my mom, I would be picking myself up the floor. Right? And so we, it says this, don't, don't uh, uh, imitate the ideas and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed. So what does that mean? So where, what is your source of information? Is it Google? Or is it the inward transformation of the Holy Spirit working in you? See, we're always looking for information. We're trying to pull it into our, into our lives and, and pull it into the culture around us. We're actually, we're actually more subject to the culture around us than we are to the kingdom of God, which is eternity, right? So we, we're living on this plane of life, and we only live about 80, 90 years, maybe a toss, maybe 100 years, if you're lucky. Right? I, my goal is 100 years old. That's what I want to live to be is 100 years old. That's my goal. So, so maybe you guys will be around. You can see me 100 years old. I'll be walking with a cane, but I'll be like, that's the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll be rocking Jesus till the day I die, right? And so, so uh, what, are we, what are we pursuing? We only have a certain period of time, but there is eternity. But our certain period of time is so real and it's so obvious that I, I see the situations, I see the problems. But the Bible says walk by faith and not by sight. So, so if I see the problems and, I don't, and I'm not seeing God's hand on it, then I'm walking by the problems. And I'm making my problems and my situations God and not Him. Right? So instead of, instead of walking by my own strength and putting all this pressure on myself to perform and be a good person and be a good Christian and make the right decision, I lean not on my own understanding and in all my ways I trust in Him. I'm trying to free you guys up a little bit. I want you guys to see that life is actually easy. I know it's not. I try so hard to make everybody happy and I never can. Stop trying. 
<laughs> just become love. Just yield. Just submit to God. What happens is this, is when you soften your heart to Jesus, he like melts your heart. And then when someone comes at you with anger, you're like, oh, I'm sorry, you look so angry, what's up? How can I help you? How can I serve you? How can I show you the love of Jesus? How can I, how can I, how can I show you that God loves you? He has a plan for you. See, if you came at me with anger, the Bible says that a soft answer turns away wrath. So if you came at me with anger, and I'm just soft, I'm loving, it's going to be really hard for you to stay angry. But if I come back at you, like, oh yeah, I can't believe you just said that to me. Oh, I'm going to come at you. I'm gonna, we're going back and forth, and all of a sudden, we, we just did nothing except for yelling at each other. How's that work? Not very good. <laughs> right? And so sometimes when I, you know, I make a mistake and I'm, I upset my wife or I upset my kids and they get angry at me, I'm like, oh, dang it. And they're upset and they, they get, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll do better. I'm sorry. That was my fault. I'll take the blame. Should have done it like that. Dang it. And all of a sudden, oh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, you do better next time. Okay, cool. <laughs> right? And now we're not now we're not at odds, right? Now now it's like, oh, well, I don't have to prove a point because they they're so humble, they're so submitted, right? I'm not always that good. I'm trying. I'm trying. I try my best to do that every single day, right? I try to live like that, right? And so so God wants us to build a life of learning to linger in His presence. You learn to linger. Like so what does linger mean? Stay. You, 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 you build a habitation, a life that, that's yielded and submitted to the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to, to become the surroundings around your life. You actually, like, 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 how many of you guys know that if you took a tree from the rainforest and put it in the desert, it probably wouldn't survive? Why? Because it needs a certain kind of what? Habitat. Habitat. Us as believers in Jesus made in the image of God, we actually need a habitat of what? The Holy Spirit. Right? We need to surround our life with a habitat. So how many of you guys surround your life with the habitat of the culture of today? Music, the clothes, this and that. Like, I'm, I gotta be in. I gotta look cool. I gotta say all the right things. Lit, bro. Let's fire. Kids are like, it's all good. I'll be weird. It's, it's, I'm, just, I'm just making fun of what, what everybody thinks is cool. Because it's not. It's actually like trends. They like flip over back and forth, up and down, left and right. And they're always, they're always doing their thing, right? And how can you ever keep up? It's funny because like a lot of the style nowadays, is, it's, it's, it cracks me up because my, my son's really into like, you know, being the, the, new, the newest thing, the newest craze. And all these clothes he's wearing is stuff that I wore back in like the early 90s. Like, it's in, it's, it's hit. I'm like, dude, I used to wear that. And he's like, no. I'm like, all right. And the, the other thing that's funny is he, he looked, a little bit ago, he cut his hair into a mullet. Right? A mullet, you know, like short ear on the sides, a shirt on top, long on the back. 
right? Party in the, party in the short on top, party in the back, or business front, party in the back, right? Yeah. All the different funny comments on a mullet. And, 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 and so I'm like, bro, I used to have a mullet. He's like, no. And I, I actually have a picture that I sent to our, our, our youth, our youth uh, leadership team group chat of me at a, at a little bit younger than him, but same kind of haircut. I'm like, bro, you ain't that cool. Just chill out. <laughs> Just relax. Right? And stop trying to, trying, to, trying to be all that, right? And so I, I want to ask you guys this question. How many friends do you think that I talked to, to now, now, now in the time of my life that I went to high school with? One. And it's like a couple times a year. But you guys, and, and I did too when I was in high school, we put so much pressure on ourselves to be what other people project on us to be. boys pushing up on the girls to be this, to be that. Oh, girl, you cute. <laughs> right? And then they're like, well, <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you, that boy has no good intentions. <laughs> Don't choke. <laughs> right? right? So, so in Ephesians chapter 2, verses uh, 21 through 22, it says this. Yeah, you're on it, bro. It says, the entire building is under construction and is continually growing under the supervision until it rises up, uh, up completed as a holy temple of the, of the Lord himself. So we, we, we are, our bodies, our life, our, our, the way we live is we're under construction. Everybody say, I'm under construction. What does that mean? It means I'm not finished yet. Right? The Bible says God's gonna, He's faithful to finish what He started in you. And so, so, so God is, is raising you up into completion to where you look like, like your life looks like one that's yielded to Christ. Not like one that's full of opinions. Right? But one that's yielded to Jesus. This, 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 this means God is transforming each one of you into the Holy of Holies, His dwelling place through the power of the Holy Spirit living where? Right. So the Holy Spirit lives in you, so why do you go off on your own thoughts instead of yielding to Him? Because you think you're more right than God. Why do you, so let me ask you this. If you could handle life on your own, and you, you can not sin, and you can do always do the right thing, then what would be the need of Jesus going to the cross? What would be the need of the Holy Spirit? You might as well just give up on all that. None of us can do it on our own. We need God, and we need each other to grow, just to, to develop. We're under construction. Like, there are certain things in my life that I don't see, certain blind spots that I don't see, that my wife is like, hey, you're, you know, I see this, this going on, and I'm like, oh, you're right, dang, thank you for showing me that, right? Now I see that blind spot, now I'm aware of it, now I can actually put up another level of protection around my life to, to, to let God build me and, and show me who I am in Him. So, and, and, and so us as believers, we live from a whole new reality, see, we live from heaven's perspective, 
I live a life under construction, understanding that my life is not all, it's not all the way there yet. So I'm, I'm constantly yielding to the Holy Spirit, leaning into Him, allowing life to, to do what it does, because life is going to do what it does, right? And so I, I lean into the Holy Spirit. Every time something comes up that's hard to get through, I lean further into the Holy Spirit. I, I don't trust in my own understanding, because my understanding is lame. It, it, it always leads me to destruction. It always leads me to something I don't want to do. And so instead of leaning on my own understanding, I trust in God. And I allow Him to be my understanding. I allow Him to be my wisdom. Right? And there's, there's times where like, I'm sitting there for weeks on end and I don't have an answer. But I refuse to do something until He leads me and shows me. And He's so faithful. So, so the, the Bible says that, that my, my sheep will know my voice. Like, like we're God's sheep, right? We're His, we're his flock. Like, like he is, he's our good shepherd. And, and he said, my sheep will know my voice and the stranger, they will not, right? They, they'll, they'll refute that stranger's voice. They'll only, like when your parents call your name, do you know it's your parents? Like you could be in a crowd. You could be at the park. You could be at a basketball game. You could be somewhere and you hear whatever you're, uh, Nevaeh, right? And you're like, mom, that's mom. Okay, where's she at? Where's she at, right? Oh, dad, that's dad, right? So you know, you know, you know where, where they're at, right? And, you, and you're like, oh, there they are. Right? Why do you know their voice? Because you're familiar with them. If you get familiar with the Father, with God, and you get familiar with the leading of the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden when He calls your name, you're like, yes. <laughs> oh, there you are. <laughs> right? And then you, you feel the Holy Spirit working and doing something in your life. In Jeremiah uh, 15, 15 through 16, it says, Lord, you understand, remember me, and care for me. Avenge me on my, on my persecution. You are long-suffering, meaning God is going to go through it with you. So, so do not take me away. Think, uh, think of how I suffer reproach for your sake. See, I'm living in this world, and I understand that it's, it's, like, it's like I'm suffering through this process of, of humanity and trying to, to learn what Jesus wants me to learn. And, I, and I'm doing this through my yielding to you. And I love this part. It says this. I... Um, I, it says this, when your words came, I ate them. They were my joy, my heart's delight, for I bear the name of the Lord Almighty. He, he says he ate the word of God. What does that mean? He digested it. When you guys eat your food, your body digests it and it, it produces nutrients throughout your whole body. When you read the word, you're actually digesting the word of God and, you, and you're, you're letting it go into your spirit and it, it goes throughout and it gives you nutrients through your whole body. And so I wanna, I'm going to go through these scriptures really quick because we're almost done. In Romans chapter 6, verses 1 to 3, it says this. So what, so what do we do then? Do we persist in sin as, uh, so that God's kindness and grace will increase? What, it, what a terrible thought. We have died to sin once and for all. As we, as dead men, pass away from, from this life, so how could we live under sin's rule a moment longer? Or have you forgotten that all of us who have immersed ourselves in the union with Jesus, the Anointed One, were also immersed in the union of, with His death? So what am I saying? I'm saying this, that we, we have joined our life in the death of our old life, in the resurrection of our new life, in Christ Jesus. Do we continue to sin because, because we can? Or do we actually submit our life to Jesus? The goal of our, our life is to cancel out our old life. Behold, old things, made, old things pass away. All things made new in Christ Jesus. We live a new life in Jesus Christ. Go ahead and stand to your feet.
Father, I thank you this morning that we live a whole new life in you. We live a whole new life in you, God. In Matthew, I'm going to skip to the last verse, Tristan. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, it says this. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I don't want to learn God from anybody else but him. I want to have a relationship with Jesus so close that I learn directly from him. And as I learn from him, I, I get guided by him. I, I get to know him. I don't know God as my parents' God. I don't know God as my youth pastor's God. I don't know God as my community's God. I know God as my father. Intimately. Closely. When he calls my name, I hear his voice. I yield to his presence. I yield to his spirit. I allow him to be the only voice that speaks to me, right? Like I, I know the shepherd's voice. So when he speaks to me and he speaks to you, you have this closeness, this connection, where all of a sudden, you're, you're, instead of continuing down to, your, to destruction, you actually stop and you wait a minute and you say, Lord, I hear your voice. And you yield to his presence. And you allow him to be that voice of direction, taking you in places where you never thought you could ever go. I want to promise you that if you just su submit and yield to his presence, you will do what God asks you to do and you won't fall or, filter, or, or falter. You'll yield. Just because you have a thought of sin doesn't mean that you have to do it. Everybody says, I don't have to. I don't have to. Sin. sin. So I don't have to. I don't have to. Sin. sin. Say, I don't have to. I don't have to. Sin. sin. You don't have to. It's not a requirement. Amen? Father, this morning, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I pray right now that you help us to be way more aware of what you're doing in our life. That we are more aware of your culture versus the culture of today. That we're more aware of what you're doing, what you're saying. And we don't live a life of canceling people out because they disagree. But we live a life of laid down love for everybody around us. The very example that Jesus gave us. So this morning, Father, we submit our hearts to you. We give our lives to you in Jesus' name. This morning, every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to give this opportunity. I'm not sure if, if you, you're in here and you, and you want to give your life completely and totally to Jesus. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to keep every, every head bowed, every eye closed. Go ahead and raise your hand if you want to give your life to Jesus. If you've either never done it or you want to rededicate your life to Christ this morning. If that's you, just go ahead and raise your hand this morning. Thank you, Jesus. See your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See your hands. See your hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yep, see your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody say this. Say, God, I gave you my life. I yield to Holy Spirit. I listen for your voice and your voice alone. I yield my heart to you. I yield my mind to you. I take captive my thoughts to the mind of Christ. In the name of Jesus, I give you my heart. I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, God. I thank you guys so much.
for coming here this morning. Man, it's amazing to, to, to live a life of yielded to God. Like, here's the, you can raise your hand like some of you did this morning, but now you have to live it out every day. So what does that look like? That means it looks like this. It looks like you getting up in the morning, opening up your Bible, putting on some worship, or taking a moment in the middle of the day, opening up your Bible, putting on some worship, and having a moment with God, just you and Him, and just getting to know Him, just talking to Him. He wants to talk to you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And that looks like communication. You can't communicate. You can't have a relationship without communication, right? So just communicate with God. Tell Him your, your thoughts. Tell Him your right. He already knows it all, but you're just having a conversation, and you'll be, you'll be, you'll notice, and all of a sudden He'll speak back to your heart, and you'll be like, Whoa, I didn't know that about me. God, you're showing me stuff I didn't even know was real. And he starts to show you more and more about who you are in him. Amen? So this Wednesday night from 6.30 to 8.30, we meet here. But we're actually going to be in the main sanctuary. And we're going to have a worship night. And it's going to be all worship. Some praying over you guys. It's going to be amazing. God's going to show up in a power like he always does. Um, you know, we've been doing YouTube worship for the last several months and, and God's been doing amazing things and those that have been here on Wednesday nights can, can, can agree with that because it's been amazing, right? But th- but this this uh, this uh next Wednesday we have live worship, the real actually instruments and singers and stuff. And it's gonna be great. Are you, are you guys excited for that? Yeah you guys gonna come? You're gonna come show up and accept your worship with us? Amen. Awesome. Well I can't wait to see you guys on Wednesday. God bless you guys. We also be here every Sunday at eleven thirty. You guys have a great week. Bye.